Welcome to the Question Community Broadcast. The Question is a new disruptive community that provides a gathering place for those who wonder about our complex selves, our complex world, our complex universe. We are a non-religious and inclusive community that explores the many questions surrounding truth in order to encourage you on the important journey to find your own answers. The Question Community gathers every third Sunday evening at Redbush Tea and Coffee Company in the Kensington neighborhood of Calgary, starting at 7. Information on the community is available at our website, www.thequestion.ca. You can also join the community online at our Facebook page, which is The Question, and on Twitter, at TQCom, with two M's. You're now going to hear some highlights from our community gathering, where the question is asked through original arts and music, as well as thought-provoking presentations. This is Frederick Tamagi. Now, it's appropriate to tell or retell the story of visionary science uh, from our presentation that we gave last October. It's the story of the 19th century German scientist, August Kukul, uh, who transformed the entire field of organic chemistry by unlocking the mystery of molecular structure. Kekul had pondered the mystery of chemical structure for many years, and in 1865, he was concentrating on the unknown structure of the organic compound benzene. Eventually, he emerged from the concentrated research uh, with a revolutionary structure of the benzene molecule. We call this the benzene ring. Now, this became uh, the most important template for the whole science of chemical compounds, even to this very day. For 25 years, Kekul kept secret the scientific method which had enabled this historic discovery. But at a conference in 1890, he finally revealed the story behind the discovery. He said that after a particularly frustrating and exhausting day of research, his tired mind lapsed into a kind of half-awake daydream state. As he nodded off, he had a brief but very clear vision of a group of dancing atoms that gradually formed into the image of a serpent seizing its own tail. At that moment, he awoke with a new and correct vision of the linked circular structure of the benzene molecule. Now, this scientific manifestation of a visionary ancient form illustrates why Jung and Pauli became close colleagues for almost 30 years, exploring and co-theorizing a unified model of psychology and physics that they called Unus Mundus, or One World. By the way, the image on the left uh, isn't a depiction of August Kekul's dancing Adam snake. It's actually one of Carl Jung's illustrations from one of his own visions recorded in the Red Book. So if you followed me so far, Carl Jung's path from Sigmund Freud to Albert Einstein to Wolfgang Pauli is pretty much the story of how coincidence could become synchronicity by embracing rather than abandoning science. It's also a story about how creative visionary minds can give birth to theories of reality that have no possibility of being empirically proven until far into the future. And yet, the theories are nonetheless true at the moment they're born. Such visionary minds are capable of remembering forward. Now, I only have time this evening to share one more big story about synchronicity. If you've been respectfully the kind of person who privately rolls their eyes when someone says, 
Well, you know, things happen for a reason. This big story may provoke you to stop rolling your eyes and perhaps to retask them to begin exploring the story. You'll remember that Carl Jung analyzed 1,300 of Wolfgang Pauli's dreams and visions. In 1934, Pauli described perhaps the most significant recurring dream that he had. It was the dream of a surreal object in motion that he called the world clock. Now, as you can see, the clock consists of four basic components. A horizontal dial upon which four sections are marked with human-like figures holding pendulums. A vertical dial sharing the same central axis. The vertical dial has a large rotating pointer and is divided into 32 sections. A horizontal golden ring surrounding the entire apparatus. And then a large black bird physically supporting the apparatus. The horizontal dial, vertical pointer, and golden ring are all rotating at different speeds, calculated as derivatives of the base number 32, uh, the number of segments on the vertical dial. OK, now, Victor, I'm really glad you're here, because um, it's a calculus problem, <laughs> which I've completely forgotten how to solve. Uh, unfortunately for me, this mathematical signature of the clock was important to a physicist like Wolfgang Pauli, probably important to an engineer too. But mercifully for me and for you, it was the interactive motion signature of the clock that really connects him with Carl Jung uh, and thankfully allows me to continue my story without the calculus tutorial. The world clock is the most significant inspirational vision of Jung and Pauli's combined model of psychology and physics, the Unus Mundus, the one world. They were continually inspired to discuss and debate the components of the clock for almost 30 years. It was a complicated dialogue, no doubt, naturally fueled by their individual scientific and philosophical passions. But for our purposes, I want to share with you what amounts to their consensus view of the symbolism and the significance of the clock and its connection to the question of synchronicity. At least I'm going to do my best. The large black bird that supports the entire structure is likely symbolic of the known universe or observable space-time, whatever, wherever, and whenever that is. The horizontal dial, with four human figures holding pendulums, represents our conscious existence in earthly time. This real-time existence is consistent with the quantum mechanics principle that local reality is subject to the status of the observer and the observed. In other words, our entire conscious existence is subject to our human measurement of an accounting of time. The vertical dial that shares a common axis with the horizontal dial represents the very separate but interrelated dimension of the collective unconscious. This is the unseen quantum dimension of ancient forms, images, and themes that regularly cycles and intersects with our conscious life. The pointer that emanates from its center moves through the 32 points on the dial at a rate synchronized to the rotation of the horizontal dial. Consequently, when the horizontal dial passes through the vertical dial at the two points of intersection, you can see them there, uh, at that moment, the position of the pointer dictates what's passed on to our conscious world. These two points of intersection are the perpetual doorways of synchronicity. Now, both Jung and Pauli recognized that the vertical dial was not controlled by man, but was encountered by man at meaningful synchronous moments in our conscious reality. Could be when you're writing a song, Victor. The horizontal golden ring rotates at the same derivative rate as the smaller horizontal dial, 
but it surrounds the entire clock at a distance and is not itself supported by the black bird. So to Jung and Pauli, the ring suggested a much larger quantum reality that transcends all of our psychic concepts of existence, conscious or unconscious, and physically extends beyond the parameters of the known universe. The golden ring was thought to represent the possible source of the collective unconscious and the underlying principles of the physical universe. It was perhaps uh, the meaning behind the meaning of things. Now, Jung, the psychologist, was persuaded that the general action of the dials, their correlated spins and the intersections were a dream vision of the link between the collective unconscious and our conscious world. It was like an elegant picture of synchronicity in action. Pauli, the quantum physicist, agreed with Jung on the issue of psychic synchronicity, but he also saw the clock as a greater image of the synchronous motion and mechanism of the physical universe. Pauli was especially struck by the precise interaction of the horizontal dial and vertical dial, both sharing the same central axis. As a physicist, he was also intrigued by the suggestion in the dream that there was a derivative mathematical relationship governing the movement of all the components. It was, after all, a clock. This is Victor Wu.
Now, as I mentioned before, Jung and Pauli shared their parallel visions of psychology and physics for almost 30 years. During this time, they exchanged over 80 comprehensive letters, eventually published in an anthology called Adam and Archetype. It's a great title. These letters articulated uh, the evolving compatibilities between their studies, even though their respective backgrounds prevented them from agreeing on absolutely everything. In 1952, they even co-published a book of essays called The Interpretation of Nature and the Psyche. Jung's essay was titled Synchronicity, an A-Causal Connecting Principle. Pauli's essay was titled The Influence of Archetypal Ideas on the Scientific Theories of Kepler. The combined book was an affirmation of their influence on each other. Jung's essay presented synchronicity as a phenomenon based in space-time physics. Pauli's essay presented Jung's psychic theory of archetypes as a functional aspect of cosmology. Now, to this day, their unified model of the psyche and the cosmos is a continuing object of controversy and wonder. It is simultaneously considered visionary, nonsensical, unifying, and divisive. But uh, for the purposes of the question community, we might simply want to consider the model perplexing. Uh, it's perplexing because as individual theorists and scientists, both Young and Pauli have established themselves as true foundational figures in their respective fields. It's perplexing because our modern understanding and application of clinical psychology and quantum physics is largely based on their now tested and proven individual concepts. It's also perplexing because most of us are not psychologists or physicists uh, or engineers, but life events continually remind us that we are participants in their unified model, if there is a model at all. Doesn't that make you want to know? So whether you're a coincidencer or a synchronetician, uh, you can probably tell I just made those up. Uh, I want to leave you with just, uh, I want to leave you just a little bit more perplexed tonight. Now, if you recall the definition of synchronicity that I showed earlier, here's my own example of some concurrent events that may or may not be connected by meaning, a possible case of synchronicity. Concurrent event number one. Some of you re may remember from the October presentation where we first introduced the idea of the cognitive neural-based heart and the recently discovered electromagnetic field that emanates from the heart. This EM field extends upward and outward from the body, sometimes to a radius of 30 feet. The basic structure of this EM field is a geometric form called a torus, and it has a very unique motion signature, which I'll share with you in a moment. Concurrent event number two. In that same presentation about the neural-based heart, I also shared a complementary scientific theory from another eminent theoretical physicist, Dr. David Bohm. Now, Dr. Bohm questioned how simple electromagnetic activity in our brain and other neural fields transforms into complex human consciousness. He theorized that limited electromagnetic neural activity must have an unseen quantum dimension that enables our virtually unlimited cerebral capacities. In essence, he proposed the existence of a quantum dimension of consciousness. Does that sound familiar? The neural EM field emanating from the heart becomes even more intriguing when thought of 
as a detectable external medium for quantum-based consciousness. Concurrent event number three. Now, while I was studying Albert Einstein's influence on Carl Jung, it was fascinating to gain a better understanding of what we call space-time. Now, it's a relativity-inspired term to describe the interaction of space, time, and gravity. This is a simple model or simple picture of Einstein's space-time model. It depicts the effect of a central gravitational force on the movement of objects around the source. It also illustrates the influence of the gravitational source on the shape of the surrounding space as you move closer to it. For example, we know that light itself actually changes shape under the influence of gravity. The simple mechanics of this model uh, are similar to a heavy ball resting in the middle of a rubber sheet with a smaller ball rolling around the outer edge of the sheet. As long as the smaller ball maintains a certain critical distance from the center, it can remain in a stable, consistent orbit. However, if for some reason the smaller ball loses horizontal momentum, vertical momentum takes over and it will be pulled downward toward the axis, eventually colliding with the heavier ball. What struck me about the space-time model is the motion signature of horizontal and vertical forces interacting around a shared focal point or central axis. Einstein's space-time model is the basic foundation of modern astrophysics, but it is the quantum physics of Wolfgang Pauli and others that have provided the detailed understanding of energy and matter, which has led us to the next transformation of the space-time model. concurrent event number four. Now these are simple images <clears throat> of the new quantum physics model of space-time. The first image is uh, what we call a black hole. Next to it is the connected image of what we call a wormhole or an inversion of two black holes. Now the visionary work of quantum physicists like Wolfgang Pauli has given modern astrophysicists a new theoretical template to explain how black holes and wormholes might actually operate so far, over 100 years after Einstein's first theory of relativity, advances in technology have enabled us to investigate and verify some of this new theoretical template. Key aspect of the black hole model continues to be the unique interaction of the horizontal and vertical forces around a central axis or focal point. Theoretical outcome of this interaction of forces is the possibility that black holes are actually the entry and exit points of wormholes to another part of the universe. Now, we are fascinated by the idea of these entry and exit points to another dimension. They represent possible intake and outflow points for some kind of cosmic exchange system. This model is no doubt science today, but remember it began as a vision decades before it became science. So here's the possible synchronicity of these concurrent events that I hope will perplex you as it has perplexed me. It's the first time I've done this, so I hope it works. This video clip is a simulation of a torus energy field, similar to the EM torus that emanates from our heart. Now you can see the continuous interaction of horizontal rotation and vertical force operating around a shared axis. Does everyone see that? I'll just play it one more, one more time for you. Again, notice 
the horizontal rotation and the vertical force as well, operating simultaneously around the central axis. Where the pointer is, is where the heart is. This next video clip is of an actual black hole observed by NASA's SWIFT satellite in September 2012. Now you'll notice a similar rotation, horizontal rotation and vertical gravitational force operating around a shared axis. Pretty interesting, eh? Keep in mind, it is an animation, but it's actually from data observed by the SWIFT satellite. You want to see it again? It's hard to kind of see where the black hole starts, but there it is, hole in space. Horizontal spin, vertical force. Now, this is a vision of Wolfgang Pauli's world clock. Now, do you remember the unique motion of the clock? The interaction of the horizontal dial with the vertical dial connected by a shared axis and allowing for two separate intersection points? Carl Jung believed that Pauli's clock helped explain how the collective unconscious and synchronicity operates in the psychic universe. Wolfgang Pauli further believed that the clock revealed the mechanism of an expansive unknown physical universe. So, what do you think? Are you struck as I am by the remarkable similarities of form and motion between Pauli's original vision of the world clock, our own heart EM field, and celestial black holes and wormholes? Expressed another way, is it possible that our heart EM fields, black holes, and wormholes are all science-based working models of Pauli's world clock vision? Here's some other questions. Is the heart EM field a possible medium for synchronicity with the collective unconscious? Remember the snake and the benzene molecule? Now, if we consider David Bohm's theory that human consciousness is a quantum reality, like so many electrons or neutrinos, is it possible that our heart EM field is like a black hole or a wormhole for consciousness? If we consider David Bohm's theory that human consciousness is a quantum reality, okay, that it's not just simple electromagnetic energy, uh, and the quantum reality is just like so many electrons and neutrinos, is it possible that our heart EM field, which is upper right-hand corner, is it possible that that field is like a black hole or a wormhole for consciousness? Is it two mysteries or just a single mystery to think about what lies beyond a heart-based EM wormhole or a space-based celestial wormhole? Is it two questions or is it just one? According to Carl Jung and Wolfgang Pauli, either wormhole is a gateway for synchronicity. There's really remarkable similarities between these. I thought it was crazy. Yes, absolutely, difference in scale. But it's amazing how symmetrical uh, the designs are. So, now, even if you've been in the safe zone of coincidence for a long time, are you now considering the possibility that the alternative of synchronicity might be much more scientific than you first thought? The promise of this community is that you're not expected to go beyond considering the possibility, or even to go beyond just being perplexed, which is totally good enough, actually. That's because Perplexity is an inner invitation to curiosity. And curiosity actually is a wormhole to truth.
Thank you for listening. If you're interested in joining the Question community, we meet every third Sunday evening at Redbush Tea and Coffee Company in the Kensington neighborhood of Calgary starting at 7. You can participate in the online discussion on our Facebook page, which is The Question, or on Twitter at TQCom. That's at T-Q-C-O-M-M. Our website is www.thequestion.ca. Thanks again for listening, and remember that our answers are only possible because of our questions.